Today I'm going to be talking a little bit about this year that we've just gone through, the challenges of the pandemic. But I don't want to focus on all the things that were super hard because we all know that. What I've been thinking about as I'm two weeks out of school is I'm thinking about where was the joy? Where were the moments that I really want to take with me in the next couple years? After 26 years of teaching, to say that this was turbulent would be an understatement. But I also had the most joy that I've ever had in all of my teaching years. How is that possible? Well, on the last day of school two weeks ago, everybody was excited. I had 20 students in my homeroom class. I teach writing to the whole sixth grade in, uh, at Trailwind Elementary in Boise, Idaho. Um, and due to the pandemic, we had several students that had gone to an online school. This is the first time I've ever had 20 students um, in a class. Usually our numbers were up to 32. And I always loved those 32, but I did find it was so wonderful to be able to actually work individually with students one-on-one to really get to know them and their writing and what they were reading and have those conversations that I tried to have in the past but wasn't able to. I felt like it changed me a little bit. It made me really want um, to get to know these kids. And so we wrote and we wrote and we wrote all year long about fun things, things that, um, silly things. We made jokes, we wrote about serious things, we watched the news. But I was able to kind of do that in a morning meeting situation and a lot of times those nuggets that we would use in our morning meeting would actually come out later in their writing and I started to see those connections, things we talked about in morning meeting actually started to come out in their writing. And so, you know, I thought that's a way I want them to connect, to engage. And I really feel like this pandemic year made me really start thinking about engagement and fun. It was fun for me to hear them talk about some of these silly things and 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 even their thoughts on the serious things. And we had more opportunities to do that this year than probably every any other year. Even when they were on the little screen in the little box at first. So what do I want to remember? I want to remember that last day of school when all of my students were bustling and I could tell there was something going on and I wasn't sure what it was, but I could tell that it was something fun but there was a nervous energy in the room. And one of my students came walking up to me and she had a bundle of paper in her hand. It looked like a huge stack, about an inch and a half thick. And the rest of the class got quiet. And that was unusual. And she said, Miss Wiseman, I want to give you a gift. And I looked at her and I go, you don't have to give me a gift. And she said, 
I want to give you the gift of the first hundred pages of my novel that I've been writing. And the rest of the class erupted in cheers. And there she put it in my hand, solid and heavy. It had a picture of her um, tucked in. It was surrounded by a rubber band. And it's called Unnatural. And that's the name of her novel. And she she was brimming with pride. I immediately started to bawl, which the class seemed to think that was hilarious because they started cheering. I think that was the reaction that they had hoped I would have. And I just, the tears streamed down my face and I just felt pure elation and joy. And Avery looks at me and she said, I wrote this. I started it with one of the nuggets from our sacred writing journal and it just grew, Miss Wiseman. And she said, and everybody knows about it, but you, she said, they've been helping me and cheering me on and editing and helping me work on it. And like one of the other girls who was standing there is like, it's really good. And I'm like, I'm sure it is. And she said, when you have time this summer, I would like you to read it and make comments and help me to develop my story even further. And I said, of course I will. That day was one of the most joyous days I've had in 26 years of teaching. I knew at that moment that our class had a culture for writers, of writing. But it really, really solidified to me that my kids with this pandemic are resilient. They have a resiliency that I'm so proud of. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of the teachers in my building, the teachers I know outside of my district, of teachers in general. Like, we did something hard and and we made it work. But when I look back into my own classroom, the things that I want to replicate again, my kids knew how to take risks. We knew how to share and sharing is hard. They knew how to work over time and to revise and then to present and to present with joy. And that was something that was so special to me. My class recognized that writing can be a gift. And I think that's the highest compliment as a writing teacher that I could ever have. I don't want this group of kids to be known as my pandemic group because they deserve better than that for me. I want this group to be the most resilient group, the group that I saw with the most stamina, the group that I watched grow. And I want to take that with me for every group that I have for however long I do this until I retire and beyond. When those kids returned to me in person, full-time, in March, I remember how excited they were to see one another. I remember feeling like a class, and I never want to forget how learning and writing and reading and math 
are all better with social interaction. And that's what I want to foster. Wow, Patty, what a wonderful and inspiring story that will bring us all joy and hope. I'm so glad you shared it with us today. It's a great setup for us discussing today's question of how do we create spaces for reflection that highlight and cultivate joy? Hi, I'm Jody Braun, joined by Patty Wiseman Adams, and this is the Twigcast. I think this year really made us take a look back, but while I was in it, I really wasn't recognizing it. It really took the two weeks that I've had to kind of come down from that to really start to process the year we've had. Yeah, I mean, I just ended our school year yesterday, so I haven't even had time to, you know, decompress and really start thinking about uh, what we did as a class that really um, highlights some of the things that you're talking about as far as, you know, what worked in our culture, uh, how how did our situation uh, perhaps change or, or um, drive our culture. Um, but what I'm really interested in is how you were able to get your students in these most difficult times um, to um, embrace the, themselves as being writers and being able to share. And um, like you mentioned, having uh, writing as, as a gift, you know, that, to be shared. Exactly. I think one of the things, I mean, I, I tried to have a lot of different types of activities that could hook, you know, many different people with different interests. Like, you know, one day we might be designing your favorite tree house and they could draw, they could write, but, or, you know, doing an I am poem or a where I'm from poem. I really worked hard at the beginning to really do that writing, that, that narrative, that personal writing that, you know, to be willing to share in class or, you know, kind of setting those like, Hey, you have a right to pass and getting to know that our class was going to be a safe place. I mean, I really laid that groundwork but then they took off with it. I mean, they were just so hungry to, to interact. They really were. Even when we were on the Google Meets, they, when the whole class would pop up, you know, we found ways to share using Flipgrid and, um, you know, doing other things um, through Google Class. I just really tried to find ways to, to, to do that. And then I asked them and they had some good ideas too, you know, like they, they, they were able to do some, um, some of them called each other and did, you know, like they read their stories out loud to each other and they asked me if that was okay. And I'm like, yes. And I really did focus on choice. Like I kind of had to let go of some of my control a little bit which I'm a little ashamed to say, but, you know, sometimes when you give them choices, they think of things that I never would have thought of in their writing for topics and, and even genres, like, you know, 
going ahead and teaching them, you know, that they have different modes that they could write in. And sometimes they do things and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, but go ahead and try it. And then sometimes it flops and sometimes it's, it's amazing. And being able to be, to work them, talk them through when it flops and make improvements, talking them through when it's amazing and having other people kind of jump on and just go, oh, that's cool. I see them trying that. This group really was a risk-taking group. And I've not had as many risk-takers as I did this year. And I really do think it's from the pandemic. And uh, I totally agree. I think this year uh, my students were uh, more at least more engaged in their own writing and where they wanted to go with it. Um, you know, especially my AP student, because um, we really focused on incorporating a writing workshop model and working through that. And uh, some of the stuff that you mentioned, we also worked on, even though we're writing argument, you know, we did some stuff um, that really focused on their own identity as, you know, um, their backgrounds or, um establishing themselves, uh, identifying themselves as, you know, writers, you know, that um, this isn't just some academic exercise to get a grade, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that's how you definitely get buy-in. Um, and then, you know, almost all my stuff is choice. And I have my students, that's how I built in the reflective pieces. Every time we would, you know, write something or finish something up, um, you know, we would um, have them go through a, a writing reflection process, you know, and a little bit of meta metacognition. And um, a lot of them are like, I've never had to do this. Like, I don't know what you're asking me to do. So like, we had to, I had to show them and, um, you know, here's some guiding questions. And, um, but once they really started thinking about it, they were able to, to see uh, their processes and um, started really thinking about writing as a series of choices instead of a series of, um, contingencies, you know, that uh, mm -hmm. rules, you know, and, um, and I think that was uh, pretty liberating as well. Um, so that they were able to, to build that ownership piece. Well, I definitely think also that, um, that metacognition that you're talking about, and really starts with my sixth graders, I notice, I notice the reaction when they hear others, um, reading their writing out loud and I really believe that's one of the key things too is out loud by the author like that's a gift you know you hear it the way it, it's what what they meant and they and they're able to see sometimes as I mean I if I had a dollar for every time when a kid was sharing and they're like oh wait this is what I meant after they're right in the middle of the reading. And I'm like, just keep reading. It's okay. And you know, you know, you can change it. And they look at me like I can change it. I'm like, yeah, you can go back and change it. This is what reading out loud is for. I want you to always read out loud your writing, even if it's to yourself and you record it on your phone, you'll, you'll hear the mistakes and, and then you're able to fix it and make it the way you want it. And that was so powerful. And I saw a lot of kids when they would listen to other people, they're like, I like how you did that there. I liked how that dialogue was. I need to go add that into my piece. And that wasn't from me. 
that was from them actually starting to learn the moves of real writers because they are real writers. And if I, you know, I just, I would scream that from the rooftops, but it doesn't do anything until they actually participate in that culture of writing. Yep, exactly. Um, Especially when you, they start giving procedural feedback like that, that is focused on what did that author do and what was the effect of it. And they recognize that that's something that they can transfer into their own writing. And, and then, you know, that shows that this is a, a, a culture of, of learning too, that, you know, that it's not just from the teacher, it's from each other and that they have good ideas and that they can, um, you know, be models for each other. That's so powerful. Well, and, you know, we, I, I had the opportunity to listen to Kelly Gallagher yesterday. Um, he came and presented to the Boise State Writing Project. And one of the things that he said, you know, is we, we do a disservice to kids as writing teachers when we have them only do, you know, each quarter one paper in each genre for the year that, you know, all genres should be you should be writing in, in, in lots of different genres and in, in argument, informate, you know, informative and in narrative all year long. And kids should kind of not just have one piece of writing going. And I, that just struck me as so powerful. I mean, I do that, but I didn't name why I knew that to be true. And I think kids, um, when you do that one one essay or one research paper per quarter and you don't revisit that piece of writing then that writing is done and dead and it's not living anymore but if you if you even know that hey in our room once it's turned in you can unsubmit that thing after you've read it out loud to the class and if you want to add to it add to it that piece of writing is living forever. You can add to it next year if you want to. You could come back to a story and change it into a poem. You can you can do whatever you want with your writing because it's alive. And I really I want to have my art my students writing next year. That's going to be a focus. How do I bring their writing to life and let it live if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely because I mean uh, a lot of times especially in high school, they're, they're doing exactly what you described. Teachers only want to have them write one essay or one paper per quarter for, you know, time constraint and the workload, you know, having 180 mm-hmm. students or whatever it is. Yeah. But so students treat it that way. They're like, I know if I get this done, she won't bother me about it anymore. Or he, you know, he won't um, make me um, go back and revise it. And, and so when they get to my class, we're like, no, <laughs> We're, we're constantly revising, like writing workshop is revision as we go, you know, this isn't um, write a draft, have your um, peers uh, put some extra commas in there for you and then turn it in, you know, this is, this is a process and that, um, and that, you know, giving feed, only giving feedback at the end is pointless if you're just going to turn it in and then accept your grade, you know, so I think that is, uh, showing that we need to build uh, purpose for writing beyond, you know, just 
um, a grade or that this is something that I have to do in order to pass the class or whatever it is. And so really having authentic purposes for writing and showing that this is what real writers are doing out, you know, beyond the classroom walls. Right. And, and one of the things that I took from Kelly Gallagher yesterday also is in that same vein is, you know, um, I don't need to teach my class to be editors for one another. I need them to be able to give strong feedback and feedback, critical feedback that will be able to help the writing grow. If I can do that and put my time and effort into that at the beginning of a semester, I think that will help my writers grow way more than saying, hey, you guys are both going to look at this like a piece of daily oral language or, you know, checking the grammar or the capitals. I don't care about that. I want them to be able to look at it and help each other to make it a better piece of writing. And a lot of times that has nothing to do with the conventions. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, so reflecting on, on all of this for this year, what are your hopes for next year? Like I said, I'm going to, um, I think when I plan, I really, I'm going to really work on um, looking at some, I'm going to be researching a little bit um, and talking with, with, with colleagues and especially our twig group about, um, you know, te- having some lessons ready right from the beginning about feedback and, and how to teach my students to give one another feedback and how to accept feedback. You know, and 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 I, because I think that sometimes we assume that they they know how to accept feedback. It's it's a whole, you know, writing is so personal that we have to be tender with it. But at the same time, we have to teach them to have a little bit of stamina and resilience, and and be able to accept feedback or to be able to say, you know what, I like it the way it is. I'm going to leave it the same that that way, but some procedures I think I need in my class. Um, I want to really focus on that. And I want to have the writing become alive and not just, uh, oh, you turned it into me so that piece is dead. No, I don't want to do that. I want them to continue as I've had a few students through the years, you know, especially with Google Drive, you know, my students are able to take their writing with them to junior high when they go. And I, and I, I'm still connected to it and I see an eighth grader or a ninth grader pulling out one of their stories from sixth grade. And I see, you know, you get the little email that says, you know, so-and-so is um, resolving some comments or they're Mm -hmm. adding to it. And I think that is, that's that writing being alive. And I, and I love that. I, I want that to be not just in my strongest writers. I want, all of my writers to, to, to really think of it as a work in progress and that everything, you know, and to be proud of it so that they're willing to see writing as a gift. And I, and I really want them to see that they have, you know, that there's all different types of writing. When a kid comes to me and says, I hate writing, I, I call baloney on that. And I say, you know, that's not true. Because writing is a lot of different things. Writing, you you know, a story is one thing, but writing a science report is another. Drawing a comic, you know, writing a rap, singing, 
making a song, you know, that's all writing and composing. And I want them to see that they might not like one part yet, but there is something that they like almost a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> right. And that's kind of the pushback I give uh, to my students. Cause even on our end of year reflection, that's the last thing that they do is they write, you know, um, about their, basically about their writing life over this, over the course of the year and um, how they see their growth and change and, um, and then a little bit of perspective for their future as writers. And some of them will say, well, you know, I'm sure that this will be useful in some of my college classes, but beyond that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pursue writing or I, you know, I don't enjoy it enough to, to do it unless I absolutely have to for an assignment or something. But then I, I always ask, okay, so how many thousands of pages of writing do you have on your social media <laughs> or uh, exactly um, what about um, all the, um, you know, stuff that you um, write in your um, blog post or, you know, cause all of them have all different kinds of stuff going on. So um, just seeing that, Oh, that is writing and that, you are using those skills in that setting and that really as you were talking about um you know depending on your purpose and your context you know you're gonna change it up a little bit but um there's transferable stuff in all of them so you know that it's writing is there's a lot of universal things going on that um and that and so i hope that my students um even more to a greater degree will continue to see that you know it's a it's a transferable skill, but it also that there's things that they can uh, really um, take ownership of and and um, be take more, you know, that they, be proud that they've produced um, something that is that is real and authentic and um, useful and not just for, you know, getting a grade. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the things that with our last um, our last twig meeting that we had on Tuesdays with twig the thing that I think is so interesting for me that I'm going to take away and and really think about in my planning and in my practice next year is um, we started I never had looked at joy in our in my classroom like what what brings the kids joy but isn't it kind of weird how that automatically what brought them joy brought me joy as a teacher and as a person but it led it it took some resilience in order for us to feel that joy and I really want to explore that connection between joy and resilience because I honestly didn't know that they were connected before and that's um something else that I want to work on as well is you know that when students um, really have agency and are able to to take ownership of their learning and see that you know that it's not just something that's happening to them that they are an active participant in this learning process and that they are going to be successful um, even when it's hard you know that they're willing to engage in the difficult things and make mistakes and as you mentioned take risks and mm-hmm. um, then they see that it's much more fulfilling and rewarding that, you know, learning is the ultimate reward, not the grade, not, you know, um, 
having the teacher say good job, but just the fact that uh, they have um, created something um, and that it is, it's great. So yeah. that's something I want to continue to try to instill. And it's, it's, it's hard for students who um, have unfortunately been, um, you know, put down or discouraged by past experiences in writing classes. So, yeah, definitely. Well, Jody, I just want to wish you a, um, you and any other teacher that happens to listen to this or student or parent and just say, I hope we all get to be, you know, kind of rejuvenate, revitalize. And I just want to say, I think teachers are awesome. I mean, I, I don't think we give each other enough credit for what we've just been through and how we handled it and how we came together. So I hope you rejuve because you deserve it, but I sure appreciate, I appreciate you and everybody else and just say, I love our profession. Can't say it better. Absolutely, Patty. Uh, thanks for joining me today and ending on a very special note. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this inaugural season finale of the Twigcast. We will return with season two in the fall. For more information, see our website, twig.fun. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, keep finding joy in writing.